What's going on, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of Swag Talk, the show where we cover the swag inside and out. I'm your host, Charles Wells, coming at you on Monday. Um, Sunday was a no-go, man. You know, it's Bayou Classic and recovering from that weekend, so couldn't, you know. But I had to put in the time to get back in the lab on Monday and, and make this thing happen. So I'm here now. I'm ready. And... The road to the swag championship has finally been completed. The trek known as Championship November is over. We know who's going to represent the East and the West. And Southern from the West. All corn from the East. Just like it was predicted in the preseason. And a rematch of last year's championship game. And a rematch of two teams who probably are sick and tired of seeing each other. Because I know, even though I enjoy the the battles that they have, I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of seeing Southern and Alcorn play. Yeah, you know, hey, but somebody had to step up and, and and take the crown from both of those teams for something to be different. So, without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and get started. Facebook.com/slash/swagtalk, Twitter.com/slash/swagtalk76, Instagram.com/slash/swagtalk. SwagTalk76 at gmail.com is the email address. And let's do it. You know, let's 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 hop on in. Uh the first game we're gonna talk about, the first of two that we had this weekend. Purview defeated Alabama State 20 to 17 in the Turkey Day Classic. Um scoring got started in the second quarter with seven minutes and forty seconds. When Alabama State got a 32-yard field goal from Hunter Hansen, that was a six-play drive, 22 yards, time of possession, two minutes and 35 seconds. Alabama State led three to nothing. 22 seconds to go in the first, in the second quarter. Tristan Wallace caught a three-yard pass from Trezon Conley. Extra point was good. 13 plays, 79 yards, four minutes and 15 seconds, time of possession. Seven seconds to go in the second quarter. Kalen Riles caught a 20-yard pass from Trezon Connolly. Extra point good. Two plays, 35 yards, 15-second time possession. Preview went into the half, leading 14-3. Three. three minutes and three seconds to go in the third quarter. DeWanye Tucker got a 12-yard run for a touchdown for Preview. Extra point good. Five plays. No, excuse me. Extra point was blocked. Five plays, 90 yards, two minutes and nine seconds time possession. Preview led 20-3. No time left in the third quarter. Michael Jefferson, 11-yard pass from Kadarius Davis. Extra point was no good. Eight plays, 63 yards, three minutes and three seconds time possession. Score was 20-9. to nine. Then with nine minutes and 40 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, Michael Jefferson again caught a touchdown from Davis this time from 10 yards. Two-point conversion was good. 13 plays, nine, 69 yards, 4 minutes and 6 seconds time possession, 20 to 7, and that would be the final margin. So, Purview finishes the season at 6 and 5, 4 and 3 in conference. Alabama State, 5 and 6, 4 and 3 in conference. Purview had 21 first downs, 13 rushing, 8 passing, none by penalty. Alabama State, 19 first downs, 5 rushing, 11. Five rushing, 11 passing, three by penalty. Purview ran for 319 yards on 48 carries, 6.6 yards per carry, one touchdown. 
Alabama State, 101 yards rushing on 24 carries, 4.2 yards per rush, no touchdowns. Purview was 15-31 passing for 149 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Alabama State was 26-51, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 213 yards. Total offense, Prairie View 468 yards on 79 plays, 5.9 yards per play. They fumbled once and lost it. They had 16 penalties for 128 yards. So just like the most most other games, Prairie View was a heavily penalized team this year. Uh, Alabama State 314 yards on 75 plays, 4.2 yards per play. They fumbled once and they lost it. They had five penalties for 39 yards. Prairie View punted six times for 203 yards. That's a 33.8 average. They had one punt inside the 20, one punt for a touchback, one punt for a cart. Alabama State, five punts for 216 yards. That's a 43.2 yard average. Three kicks inside the 20, one 50 plus yard punt, and one punt for a cart. Time of possession. Prairie View 32 minutes and 12 seconds. Alabama State 27 minutes and 48 seconds. Prairie View was 4 of 16 on third down, 1 of 3 on fourth down. They were 3 of 5 in the red zone, and they had one sack. Alabama State was 7 of 18 on third down, 2 of 3 on fourth down, 3 of 5 in the red zone, and they had no sacks. Trezon Connolly. Was the leading passer for Prairie View, who was 15 of 31 for 149 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Kadarius Davis, 25 of 46 for Alabama State, 207 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked once. Jet Evan, 1 of 5 for six yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He wasn't sacked. Connolly led all led Prairie View in rushing with 20 carries for 202 yards. Caleb Broach, 4 carries, 59 yards. DeWanye Tucker, 23 carries, 56 yards, 1 touchdown. Ezra Gray led Alabama State with 14 carries for 60 yards. Davis, 4 carries, 28 yards. Ja'Cory Merritt, 6 carries, 13 yards. Jordan Jones was the leading receiver for Prairie View. 3 catches, 58 yards. Tristan Wallace, 5 catches, 44 yards and a touchdown. Kalen Riles, 1 catch. 20 yards and a touchdown. DeWanye Tucker, two catches, 12 yards. Jared Scott, one catch, seven yards. Tony Mullins, two catches, six yards. And Kobe Washington, one catch, two yards. Alabama State was led by Michael Jefferson. He had seven catches for 67 yards and two touchdowns. Ezra Gray, four catches for 62 yards. Jahad Booker, five catches, 31 yards. Joshua Knight, two catches, 19 yards. Ja'Cory Merritt, three catches, 16 yards. Telson Farmer, one catch, 11 yards, and Tyreek Allen, four catches for seven yards. Prairie View was led in tackles by Reggie Stubblefield with eight. Trishaw Smith and Ronald Collins each had seven. Story Jackson with six. Darius Hawkins with four. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, Jalen Harris, Stephen Scott had three. Logan Jackson, Chris Myers each had two. Tackles for loss, Collins, Robinson, and Harris each had one tackle for loss, and Collins had the sack. Interceptions were by Jalen Harris and Drake Cheatham. Alabama State was led in tackles by Joshua Hill with 10, Marrero Thomas with 9, Deron Johnson with 6, 
Natron Culpepper with five, Keenan Isaac with five, Terry Nichols with five, Urshaw Davis with five, Ogletree five, and Clark five. Aaron Pope and Jaylan Carson each had three, and Darius King had two tackles. Tackles for loss, Thomas two and a half, Ogletree two, Clark one, Johnson one, Nichols one, I mean, Terry, Nick, Nicholas Terry one, and Cole Pepple a half a tackle for loss. And the uh, interception was by Cole Pepple. So, you know, kind of a game that you just didn't really know what 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 really to expect. I mean, like I say, Alabama State plays on Thanksgiving every year. This was something different for Purdue. You don't you don't know how they are they're gonna handle this. But you know, it was a slow slow start. You know, first half was kind of like a back and forth. Nobody could do anything. It wasn't until second quarter once once Purdue got on the board and and put a couple play put a couple plays together. And they were able to squeeze out a, a, a second touchdown at right before the half. Um so it you know, um they 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 had an onside kick and got that and then they was able to get a touchdown right before the half to go up fourteen to three. So Alabama State just, you know, never really got it together. They are not really built for making comebacks. You know, they this team still is kinda like a an enigma to me. I still don't know season is over and I still don't really know how to describe what Alabama State is this year. Purview, you know, you gotta kinda still look at this season as a little bit of a disappointment. You were expected to contend, but you 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 still are out of the race pretty much in all forms except for mathematically by the middle of October. And their offense is too good for that. I thought the defense was a, was better this year, not not great, but they did do a a, a solid job of being aggressive and, and making plays in the backfield. But it's it's just you know one of those things where they just you know they can't get over the hump. You know playing all corner and southern is a tough thing. I mean even playing Grambling, you know that game is an emotional game for them, and I think they kind of let down after that. They have some serious issues to work on in the offseason, though, with the penalties and the discipline. I, I think this team is too good for to have those kind of issues. But, you know, now they're sitting at home, so they're going to have to do some soul searching and and, and figure out how to how to get over that next hump to, to actually contend for the for the championship. So. Not a not a bad season. I mean, six and five is an average season, so you know you got a winning record in conference and and overall. So a solid season, but you know definitely was more more to be had. Alabama State, they were I I picked them to be the worst team in the in the conference, almost even almost worse than Valley. I, I thought it was a toss up between them and Valley, who would finish last, but they were able to win five games and 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 be. Um, be competitive in most of the games. I mean, you know, they they had a high scoring shootout against Alabama A&M in the in the Magic City Classic, but they beat Grambling. But they just you just didn't know what you was gonna get game from game to game from them, except the fact that they can't run the football. That's pretty much the only thing I knew about them week in and week out. Uh, Michael Jefferson was a guy that really came up big for them. That's a name that you you should get to know. He made 
plays all over the field for most part of the season. So there is a bright spot for them, and we'll see how they how they move going forward. Uh, next game and the final game of our SWAC season, regular season, I, I'll put it that way, and our championship November was the Bayou Classic. And it lived up to what this game should be. You know, I mean, you know, you, you expect drama. You expect big plays. You expect everything and anything. You know, throw the records out the book, out the window. You know, let's get it on and see what happens at the end. And no no shortage of drama in this one. Southern wins 30-28 to in a game that shaved some time off your life if you was fully invested in it. But both teams came out. Both teams played hard. You know, they both knew what was at stake. Win or take all. Win or, win or win the division. Lose or go home. So, you know, you can't ask for a better game if you if with the stakes that it had. So, Southern, like I said, they picked up the victory. And they um, improved to 8-4 and four and 6-1 and one in the conference. Winning the West Division by two four games. Um, Gremlin was 6-5, and 4-3 and three in conference. Gremlin got the scoring started with a Devontae Davis 13-yard pass from Jeremy Hickbottom. Extra point was good. That touchdown came with 10 minutes and 34 seconds to go in the first quarter. Eight plays, 42 yards, 3 minutes and 17 seconds time of possession. Gremlin led 7 to nothing. Southern got on the board with 2 minutes and 52 seconds to go in the first quarter when Cesar Barajas got a 19-yard field goal. 10 plays, 64 yards, 4 minutes and 45 seconds time of possession, 14, uh, 7 to 3 at that point, 9 minutes and 30 seconds to go in the second quarter. CJ Russell, 27 yard run for Gremlin, extra point good, 5 plays, 63 yards, a minute and 35 seconds time of possession. Gremlin led 14 to 3. 8 minutes and 45 seconds to go in the third in the second quarter. Keylon Elder, 1 yard run for Gremlin. Extra point good, three plays, 24 yards, 39 seconds time of possession, 21 to 3. Three minutes and 38 seconds to go in the second quarter. Hunter Register caught a three-yard pass from Ladaria Skelton for Southern. Extra point good, 12 plays, 75 yards, five minutes and seven seconds time of possession. Gremlin led 21 to 10. And then with no time remaining, Gerard Sims, one-yard run for Southern. Extra point good, six plays, 71 yards. Uh, 50 seconds time of possession, halftime score, Gremlin 21, Southern 17. Four minutes and 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. Register caught a five-yard pass from Skelton. Extra point good, 13 plays, 77 yards, five minutes and one second time of possession. Southern led at that point, 24-21. 14 minutes and 56 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Hick bottom, three-yard run for Gremlin. 11 plays, 75 yards, 4 minutes and 40 seconds time of possession. And then that gave Gremlin a 28-24 lead. And then with 14 minutes and 11 seconds to go in the fourth, Gerard Sims, 36-yard run for Southern. Extra point was blocked. Two plays, 74 yards, 39 seconds time of possession, 30-28. to 28. And normally I'll just say, you know, this is, you know, that was the final score. But this game came down to the very end. Gremlin lined up for a 40-yard field goal. Southern iced them twice. Third attempt was blocked. Southern wins on a blocked field goal. Although, they was going to block that field goal one way or the other because each time when they snapped that ball before the timeout, Southern had got good penetration through the line. So, 
that that kick was almost you know if you're a jaguar fan it was almost destined to be blocked but Gremlin really had this game in control and we'll talk about the game a little bit after we after we go through our stats but um southern had 21 first downs 10 rushing 10 passing one by penalty Gremlin 20 first downs 11 rushing nine passing none by penalty southern ran for 208 yards on 42 carries uh five yards per carry two touchdowns Gremlin 209 yards rushing on 38 carries 5.5 yards per rush southern 18 or 25 181 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Gremlin, 15 of 28. 155 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Total offense, Southern, 389 yards on 67 plays, 5.8 yards per play. They fumbled three times and lost one. They had three penalties for 15 yards. Gremlin, 364 yards on 66 plays, 5.5 yards per play. They fumbled once and didn't lose it. They had four penalties for 21 yards. Southern punted five times for 41, 40 yards. I mean, five five times for 202 yards. That's a 40.4-yard average. One point inside the 21, 50-plus-yard punt, and one touchback. Gremlin punted four times for 204 yards, 51 yards per punt. One punt inside the 22 punts for 50-plus yards, and one punt fair cart. Time of possession, Southern 30 minutes and 16 seconds. Gremlin, 29 minutes and 44 seconds. Southern was 7 of 13 on third down. Uh, o for O on fourth downs. They had four red zone attempts, and they scored all four times. And they had two sacks. Gremlin was 6 of 14 on third down. One for one on fourth down. Three of three in the red zone, and they had three sacks. So the numbers are, are pretty similar, just like the game. You know, again, it's tight. The stats almost reflect that exact tightness of this game. Uh, Skelton was 18-25 for Southern, 181 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. Jeremy Hickbottom, 15-28, 155 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked twice. Gerard Sims led Southern in rushing with seven carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Devon Ben, 11 carries, 66 yards. Skelton, 19 carries, 36 yards. Cameron Mackey, two catch, two carries, nine yards. Brandon Hinton, one catch, one, excuse me, one carry, eight yards. And Craig Nelson, one carry, two yards. Keelan Elder led Groundland with 19 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Jeremy Hickbottom, 14 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Russell, four carries, 37 yards and a touchdown. Daquizy Brutton, one carry, five yards. Register led Southern in receptions with seven for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Mackey, four catches, 53 yards. Brandon Hinton, two catches, 20 yards. Timothy Bedford, two catches, 17 yards. Daylon Richardson, one catch, 10 yards. Devon Ben, one catch, three yards. And Gramlin was led in receiving by Lyndon Rash. He had four catches for 49 yards. Kobe Ross, two catches, 37 yards. Devontae Davis, two catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Raylon Richardson, four catches, 29 yards. Keelan Elder, two catches, 13 yards. And Donald Johnson, one catch, minus four yards. Calvin Lunkins led Southern with 11 tackles. Montavious Gaines, nine. And Caleb Carter, nine. Uh, Trail Brunfield and Davin Cotton with five tackles. Benjamin Harris with four. Kendall Boney with three. Jacoby Papillon, Joe Davis, the Kevian champion 
and Jalen Ivey each had two tackles. Tackles for loss. Papillon one and a half. Ivy one and a half. Carter one and a half. Excuse me, one. Harris one. Tom Reese Smith and Gaines each had a half a tackle for loss. Sacks. Carter one. And Ivy and Papillon had each had a half a sack. Gremlin was led in tackles by DeAndre Hogues with 11. Keenan Fontenot with 8. Ryan Fields and Brandon Wiggs with 5. Xavier Loge and Joe McWilliams with 4. Damian Crumity, uh, Donald Freeman, and Wesley Green with three. Naeem Geeslin, Jeremy Carter, and DeAndre McCarthy and Matthew Cormier each had two tackles. Tackles for loss. Wiggs, two. Freeman, one and a half. Hogs and McCarthy each had one. Richardson, Fontenot, and Green had half tackles for loss. Wiggs, two sacks. And McCarthy, one sack. Like I said, this game was pretty pretty tight, you know, throughout. Although early, it looked like Groundland was going to run away with this game. They 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 ran up a 21-3 lead. Uh, Southern was able to put together a, a, a solid drive right after Groundland took that lead to, to cut the lead down to 11. And Southern was able to score another touchdown right before the half. But the thing I think that really hurt Groundland the most in this game was Field goals. They missed three field goals, and they all were very. They all were long, forty-six, fifty, and forty. You know, if you punt in one in in those situations or down in distance, if you go for it, then you give yourself a better chance to let your defense play because they had been making plays pretty much all game at that point. Southern was kind of stuck in their own way, and they really couldn't they couldn't really function honestly but just you know grounding being able not being able to score um that that field goal they had a fourth and seven fourth and seven at southern 29 yard line i i you know i think you go for that i mean you're up 21 21 to 10 at that point you know maybe you kick the field goal i mean i'm not the coach but i feel like you know field goals don't win games for you at least not in my opinion but i really feel like they 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 blew opportunity especially with a field goal that long southern was able to you know get the ball and drive and score um quickly before the half same thing in 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 the second half gremlin missed two field goals obviously they missed the one that that cost them the game and they they had a fourth and 13 on on the on the last on the second field goal that they had from 50 yards you punt in that situation, I think. I mean, obviously, you 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 kind of too tight to punt, but I don't really want to trot out my kicker to kick a 50-yard field goal. So, with the game in the balance at that point, you know, you just, you went, you um you got the game in the balance, and you really need to find a way to make something happen. I don't think you trot out your kicker for a 50-yard field goal. Now, if he makes it, then, hey, you you look like the the smartest coach in the world, but it got blocked. So you know you lucky it didn't get blocked backwards and it could be returned. But it's just you know it's a game of inches, and it was a game that the momentum went back and forth. You know Southern really looked like they were you know were dead in the water. Gremlin gave up a big run to Southern. Southern took the lead. It looked like Gremlin was gonna be 
out of it. Southern was going to be able to, you know, maybe get the get some points up and, and build a lead, but Grandland was able to respond. Both teams traded punches, and that, that's really all you can ask for in a game like this. So, you know, if, uh, if, if you didn't see it, then, you know, I think you should seek it out and watch it. Nah, it's not the early, you know, like some games are like, you know, you can tell from the start that this is going to be a down of the wire, you know, back and forth, you know, big heavyweight fight type game. It didn't really look like that from the start. Southern was just so, you know, they were just discombobulated for a, a good while. Gramlin was really focused. But Southern, once they found their footing, they they dug into what they like to call a championship mentality. And it's just, you know, one of those things that the only play that's important is the next play. You don't worry about what happened before. You don't look ahead. You just focus on what what's going on right now. And everything will take care of itself. That, you know, that kind of um, leads into something I want to just really touch on real quick. And that's, you know, winning winning, winning ugly and losing pretty. I really feel like sometimes people get too caught up in how you look. Now, obviously, you don't want to turn up. You don't want to fumble the ball five times and win, you know, every game like that. But, some you know, when you're playing a, a comparable opponent and it's a tight game, then, yes, you're going to make some mistakes. You may not win by 20 points. You may win by one point, and you may have gotten lucky. But on the road to any kind of championship, whether it's a division championship or a conference championship or a national championship, you're going to have games where, you know, you got out there by the skin of your teeth. And you don't you don't turn those down. You know what I mean? You don't apologize for playing, you know, ugly football now. It's frustrating if you're a fan to watch a team, you know, look like they don't know what they're doing for a half, and then all of a sudden the light come on and they 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 back on it. But as a fan, obviously you won't. And as coaches and players, you know, everybody wants their team to be, if not dominant, at least play complete games. And so once you reach a certain point, you realize what kind of team you have you probably realize that that team is not going to give you that. But if they can make plays when the plays need to be made, then they still get the same result. That's why I don't get really caught up in how a team look when they lose. Yeah, you know, sometimes if you are a, a, a bad team and you play some close games, it, it can make people who look at box scores, uh, at least just the score, be like, oh, you know, well, they, they looked all right. Texas Southern was like that in the middle of the season. They had three close losses, but they still finished 0-11. That's what it is, the record at the end. Take them ugly wins, man. You know, people want to talk trash to teams because they win ugly. And this team, you know, put up 40 points, but they lost. So, I always, you know, that's just something that always irks me is, you know, winning ugly and losing pretty. But... When you on a hunt for a championship, you take them how you can get them. Now, when you get up to a team that's on your level and above, then you need to kind of you need to have that complete game in you. And that's something we're gonna get into um, next uh, on Wednesday when we preview the SWAC championship game because Southern has an all corn problem, and they need to find a way to fix it. 
we're gonna I'm gonna talk about um what I think they need to do to fix it. Alcorn's the big dog, man. Right now they are they are on top of the heap, you know. They six time West East Division champions. They don't really look like they're gonna be caught. They won their division by two four games. Southern and Gremlin are pretty much up, you know, back and forth. One, you know, Southern has a little run. Gremlin has a run. Southern has a run. Southern won the division by two full games. It's, it's, you know, I don't know who's going to take that next step to dethrone anybody. And Alabama and them could be that team. They, you know, they, they lose, but they losing uh, their best running back. You know, so it's just right now. If you don't, if you don't like the same team winning, you really don't like seeing Alcorn Hill. But I am, I appreciate and enjoy what they're doing. I love to watch them play. They not scared to hit you. This year they they are more pass focused than run focused. But don't get caught sleeping. They got great backs. They know what they do and they do it well. When Southern's on their game, they know what they do and they do it well. Southern is a running team. All day long. If Southern has to has to sit back and throw the ball, then you just don't know what's gonna happen, and that's when they run in, into trouble. Um, defensively, the last two weeks Southern's been kind of porous on 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 defense. Although in the first in the second half against Gramlin, they played better run defense than they did in the second half. They gave up a couple, you know, a couple couple runs, but not like they were doing early in the first half. Passing, Gremlin nickel and dimed them a lot. It looked like they completed 18 passes, but they only had 155 yards, so they nickel and dimed them a lot. Southern, like I said, they want to play aggressive defense against the run and then bend but don't break the rest of the way and then dig in in the red zone. Um, it's just, you just don't, you, you really can't play like that against a great team. That's when you need that complete game, and and Southern has yet to play that. I mean, I, I the closest I could say they had to a complete game is probably Pine Bluff. That was, but that was a back and forth game early. But Southern, you know, forced a lot of turnovers and defensively they played fairly well. They did give us some passing yardage, but they played fairly well offensively. They they turned the ball over a couple of times, but they focused on the run and they got it done in that game. So. Swag championship game is going to be a good game. Obviously, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say how I feel right now because I don't want to get into my show for, ne- for next time. But if whoever wins this game is going to have a battle against North Carolina a on December 21st in the Celebration Bowl at 12 o'clock. It's going to be a battle. a is, honestly, I think they are a team that, HBCU teams need to model themselves after. They they schedule aggressive well, aggressively at least to the level that they play on. They don't go out of their way. They don't play a lot of big you know big power five schools. They get themselves games to win. You know that they they just put themselves in in a, in a positive position. They run the ball. They pass the ball decently, but they are a running team first and foremost. And they play solid defense. And they went out of conference. So that's really what I, I feel like you really need to really, really need to do. But 
A&T is going to give you a battle, and whoever makes it here is going to be in for a, 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 a tough game. Although I, I feel like the SWAC is getting getting to the point where they they almost on the verge of turning the corner, but they still not quite because I, there's a gap in between levels in the SWAC. You know, the top two teams are, are who they are. There's a middle portion that three or four teams can flip-flop in that middle portion. There's a, another level that's not quite in the bottom, but they could easily be in the bottom. But if they got hot, they could probably you know rise up. And then there's the very bottom. And the very bottom right now is, is bad. But it's two different types of bad. Valley was bad this year offensively. Very, very bad. They were good on defense, at least for what they had. Texas Southern was the exact opposite. They were good on offense, at least, you know, passing the ball. Defensively, they were horrendous. So, Texas Southern was in more games because they were able to score more points. But Valley had some competitive games early because of their defense. That you you got to find a balance somewhere. Somebody has to really consistently step up and be that team like Gramlin and Southern is. Somebody in the East really needs to be that team to step up year in and year out and, and challenge Alcorn. Cause I mean, you know, they can't win it forever. So somebody want to take the crown, they have to take out the champ. And I'm I'm rambling a little bit right now because I just wanted to squeeze in a little bit of extra time. I didn't want to do a super duper short show, so I just wanted to drop in and and recap these games. Like I said, championship November is over. It was an exciting season. I think one of the better swag seasons. Really, really good games. A lot of good performances by players. Some names came up that we hadn't heard. Some guys who are. Uh, have been established, continue to establish themselves, and set the tone for next year, which I expect to be even better. So that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Wednesday as we preview the SWAC Championship game. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash swag talk, twitter.com slash swag talk 76, instagram.com slash swag talk, and swag talk 76 at gmail.com is the email address. So we'll holler at you on Wednesday.